Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Recording. Hello. So, yes, uh, so what we're talking about today, Doug, we're going to do, uh, I think we should do sort of a, uh, a little different show that's kind of fit for this format, um, perhaps a little more timely. We'll talk about some some headlines and some other things that are just sort of happening right now in the moment Doug this is uh this is live no net we're just we're just <laughs> going for it uh and I think I think the natural place to start I mean I don't know where else we would start since you sort of broke the story last week I think or maybe two weeks ago uh that, mm-hmm. that you were a big Cracker Barrel fan which came as a big surprise to to me for sure <laughs> uh you said they were now serving impossible sausage so that uh that was exciting it seemed surprising and then Yesterday, I saw a headline, happened to see it in my morning brew newsletter uh, from the Washington Post. It was Cracker Barrel faces blowback after adding impossible sausage to menu, uh, which I thought very interesting that that, uh, that that would make news. But anyway, it's just, you know, the article talks about how they how they added their stuff and then announced it on Facebook. And then the article says the blowback was immediate and intense. Comments, hundreds and hundreds of them were split <laughs> along ideological, generational and political lines. Uh, and... Some of them were like, quotes were, uh, oh, no's the Cracker Barrel has gone woke. It really is the end of times. Uh, if I wanted a salad, I would, in fact, order a salad. Stop with the plant-based meat crap. Just lost respect for a once great Tennessee company. Uh, so <laughs> Cracker Barrel clientele, not into the impossible sausage. Not transition. into the impossible. You know, okay. So I want to I clarify a few things you said here. One <laughs> is that I'm a big Cracker Barrel fan. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't eaten at Cracker Barrel since I was maybe... I don't know, nine years old or something. But uh, but what what I what I had said, and this is true, is that when we are on long car rides, uh, Crackle Barrel, because they're everywhere, offers um, a simple place to get out and stretch the legs and let the kids run around on the rocking chairs and uh, and in the store. Although when I was reading this article, because you had shared it to me, I was looking a bit about the controversies that Crackle Barrel has had in the past, <laughs> yeah, <some> and, <laughs> and I was like, you know, maybe this isn't my kind of place. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I thought the same. I was very surprised. Uh, apparently, in '91, they they basically said that that they didn't want to have employees who didn't demonstrate normal normal heterosexual values. Was their quote? Uh, they they did eventually back off that. I think after there was a, an outrage, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I found it surprised that that would be a, a Doug Hay go to go to stop. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so we may we may no longer be not frequenting the, the, the cracker barrel. But, um, but you know, when when they got the impossible sausage, I hailed it as a as kind of exactly what this blowback is all about, which is, you know, you think of cracker barrel, you think of uh like southern junk breakfasts and cheap stuff, you know, like cheap pre made gravy, bad sausages. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad frozen pancakes and and all that stuff and and it surprised me it it kind of made me uh it feel feel good about where we are with the uh plant based meat uh movement in that in that even cracker will even consider it you know and uh and so so I was hailing that as a victory for um for the for the vegan movement not so much the plant based movement i guess but the but the vegan movement and uh and just allowing for more plant based vegan options in um in places like Crackle Barrel, <laughs> but you know, I guess it's not really that big of a surprise that the uh, the typical um, clientele at, at 
at Crackle Barrel, at least the local one. <laughs> you keep calling it, you keep calling it Crackle Barrel. Are you trying to do that, or is that what you just call it? Crack, crack. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Okay. that's a mistake. Cracker Barrel. Okay. Um, I guess it's not that, that surprising that Cracker Barrel would uh, would it would receive a little bit of blowback from that. But you know, this is it. Just it's another sign of the times with how how outrage we can get over this. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Yeah. I think more than anything, that's what this article. Uh, demonstrate i mean to me they, they make a, someone else on the other side of me a comment but like to me it's like how can you get that upset over a menu item that you're not going to order you're going to ignore that like how can, mm-hmm. that, how can that be that upsetting i guess it's, it's everything that the company doesn't stand for maybe in that person's eyes but it's just crazy to me that 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 would be it, that big of an issue but i'm not surprised it's, yeah you know, it's just it's what happens i tried to I, try, I tried to say to myself like okay um what if a vegan restaurant had a non-vegan food item? But then I was like, no, this is ridiculous because <laughs> Cracker Barrel has tons of, of non-meat <laughs> food items. So it's like not at all, not even close to a good comparison. Right. Um, yeah. Silly. All right. Well, Doug, I, uh, I jumped immediately into that article just because I thought that uh, headline was a good one. Um, but any, I mean, what about, what about our own lives? Should we, should we, do the typical intro, the Nomadathlete Radio intro here, where we where we talk about whatever's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, let's do All it. What do you got? Let's What's, do it. Uh, well, at first, I want to welcome uh, Derek and several other listeners who have popped in. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, remind everybody that the cool thing about this Twitter space is that if you have something to say, let us know, and maybe we can bring you on, and you can join the conversation. And, and the way to do that is I kept fault wrongly saying uh, raise your hand. It's not raise your hand. That's an Instagram thing. It is request to speak or something like that. There's a button apparently people have. Mm-hmm. So you can press that. Um We'll bring you up, you know, and uh, you can you can chime in. You can be part of the show, which is cool. This, I mean, we will uh, we'll send this out on Nomad Athlete Radio normal channels. This is sort of how we are recording some episodes these days. Uh, so be forewarned. But uh, yeah. So all right, what do we got, Doug? What's going on? We just we took our our um, Nomad Athlete Compliment Outlier Health Company trip. We all went to uh, to Mexico, San Miguel de Allende, which was uh, a really cool trip to an interesting city that never never really knew existed. Um, mm-hmm. any other, uh, any other big news beyond that? We, we can get into that just a little bit for those who are curious about. Some yeah, no, I mean the last week, the last week has been uh, nothing but travel for me. We left, uh, up, to, we went as a family up to Rochester, New York to visit the family. And then I left from there to Mexico and, and after a long few days of travel, got back to Mexico or got back to Rhode Island or yeah, Rochester before coming home last night. So it's been been a busy whirlwind. For yeah, for me. Week. I saw that it took you like thirty six hours to get home or something like that. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I had I got three canceled flights oh to get from Mexico to uh, to Rochester, which meant that I was rescheduled multiple times and you know kind of just abandoned places trying to figure out what what to do. Mm-hmm. But but I made it. So what did uh, what did you find to eat as a vegan traveling from from Mexico, which was not by any means vegan unfriendly like it was plenty of snacks and things one could get yeah uh, and we ate really well during our trip but then then i think you were in dallas is that right i was in dallas yeah i got stuck overnight in dallas okay and um so i you know honestly the, the one of the bigger challenging parts was at the airport in in mexico because it was a small airport in uh what was the name of that city Querétaro. Caretero, yeah, that's right. Small Caretero airport, uh, which really only had a bar and a um, and a Starbucks, and so you know, really, I spent six hours in that airport 
eating uh, fruit from Starbucks and, and a bagel. You didn't get the uh, adobo flavored potato chips that I got? I don't know. I should have gotten potato chips. That would have been good. Yeah, fruit and and uh, oh, I did have I did have an overnight oats that that I found mm. um, from Starbucks. That was honestly not very good. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I get, and then I get to Dallas and then I have to deal with the whole uh, rebooking of flights and and realizing that uh, I'll be there overnight. And then I have to get to there to my hotel. I get to a hotel and the only place I can find it's one of those uh, those highways that's just nothing but airport hotels cheap airport hotels yeah. uh, but i find a i find a thai restaurant a half a mile away so i walk through the dallas heat at 8 p.m to mm. to this thai restaurant and, and it actually ended up being pretty good so uh, i can't i can't really complain about that no that's uh, a pretty good find i was expecting worse uh i've definitely had found those those hotel strips and end up at like applebee's or mm-hmm. something like that and like just ordering side dishes from the from the menu like yeah. broccoli and then you gotta get it without butter and you know, maybe a baked potato or something. Uh, so that's not bad at Thai restaurant. That's pretty good. That's a good find. I found a, yeah. I got a Qdoba yeah. uh, burrito in my Dallas airport stopover during my my completely uh, perfect day of travel. I had no no issues or anything. I just left oh, on time. Well, good for you. Out, no delays, nothing. Yeah. So that that worked out. Well, I, I never I never actually got. So I left I left the Dallas airport at customs, and that's when my flight was canceled. So I couldn't get back in. Uh, so I did have to leave the airport to find food. And then the next morning, I, I get back. I had to be back at the airport at three a.m. for a four thirty flight. Um, <laughs> and of course, nothing is open at three a.m. So, so I, you know, then uh, I'm just sitting in this Dallas airport with, you know, a couple hundred other people who are either slept there overnight or, uh, <laughs> or, or, um, or with me on the flight. And there's there's literally nothing open. So then I don't get anything else to eat until I arrive uh, in Charlotte. Uh, well, I know you're in Charlotte later that morning. Yeah, yeah, which was ironic because that's where my car was. Uh, but I had to pass through Charlotte to get up to New York and get to get to Charlotte. It's supposed to have, I, I feel like now I'm just complaining, but uh, yeah, I don't know if anyone's actually interested in this. Probably. But I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell you. Anyway. I get to Charlotte. I get to Charlotte. I'm supposed to have a 60 minute layover, so I went and grabbed. I find a um, some avocado toast or something, and and um, have that. And then uh, I get to my gate, and and it's delayed 20 minutes, and then it's delayed another 20 minutes. And four hours later, I'm oh, still there. Wow. We we board the we board the next. We finally board the flight. They close the cabin door. We're sitting there, ready to take off. And um, uh, and then they open the cabin door again, and the 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 pilot just up and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> he got into an argument with uh, with one of the maintenance people, and uh, so then we have to change oh change air. We have to deboard, change airplanes, find a new pilot, and uh, and then finally I make it to Rochester that evening wow that is a nightmare yeah well and it's a nightmare enough to to, <laughs> to be purging all of our listeners here, so. why don't we move on <laughs> okay uh yeah let's go so uh just in case people are interested in in the trip i i imagine the super fan would want to know what uh what we did on our company trip so we won't spend long uh but i think it was like we had a vegan chef in our house we got two haciendas where our team stayed it was, what, 12 of us down there 15 i don't know Something yep. in that range. 12, 12. Yep. Okay. Uh, and yeah, had a vegan chef, which was really cool. We had mostly, I would say, traditional kind of Mexican food. I don't really know that much about what is traditional Mexican food. Food is just sort of what I always assumed it was. Uh, and I've actually heard that really traditional Mexican food is not very far from, from plant-based or vegan food. Uh, because the, hmm. the smothering everything in cheese is sort of an American uh, interpretation of Mexican food, I think. 
not that they'd never use cheese, but that that's not that, not like a very typical thing to do, uh, at least traditionally. Um, but then I think, I think often things are cooked in lard or something like that. So it's, I mean, not, not, yeah, I was going to say lard would probably be the, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, it's, it, I think it's more like it's it's not like the or, or rice cooked in chicken broth like you just it's just stuff shows up, but in general the, the diet is not one that is hard to veganize, uh, from my understanding. So that's that's what uh, we ate all week and it was really delicious. Um, had some other foods that's, that were not not Mexican. Uh, we did a a little team cooking competition which was which was fraught with uh, with all kinds of controversy and cheating and all kinds of you know just, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe what what went on. That the we all turned on each other quick. I mean, it was within a matter of minutes we were sabotaging each other's right. Dishes. And then the judge of the competition, our house cook, who took everything so seriously and had like an official rating system and all that, she ended up changing somebody's oven. It was it turned out that she turned down the temperature, <laughs> which I just couldn't believe. I, I mean, I don't know. The next day we had a mezcal tasting with her husband, uh, which was really cool. But I wanted to talk to him and be like. Like you actually trust this woman to do anything? I mean, like, <laughs> how how can you trust someone after that? I don't know. I I was wondering what was what was going to show up in the food the next day. Honestly, I I just I all trust lost. Although I was kind of on edge the entire time, just thinking about. Uh, I had read the State Department's uh, advisories about Mexico travel and safety, and was urged to uh, to reconsider travel to our to our trip. And I I can't say I actually did reconsider it, but uh, it had me on edge as a result. And actually, it was, it was, it was, there was nothing to be afraid of as far as I could tell. So, no, not at all. If the worst thing, if, if the worst thing that, that happened to you was that. Was that the oven got the turned The oven got turned off. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think I would call that a pretty safe and successful trip. <laughs> yes, it was. That. Um, so anyway, good time. It was nice to connect. A lot of us, it's, we're all virtual. We're spread across several, several, several hemispheres even. Uh, so many people we had not. You know, many people on the team had not met each other in person, so it was really cool to do that. Uh, and almost all of us were there. Hey, my friend Robbie has showed up. Hey, Robbie. Robbie, how's it going? Uh, you're welcome to join us if you want. Robbie is uh, a I don't I, you know I don't know if I can give a decent bio for Robbie, and I probably shouldn't until he gets on on here because <clears throat> I don't want to waste people's time if uh, if Robbie's not going to join us to speak. But um, good to see you in here. Good friend of Robert Cheeks actually has a blurb on Robert Cheeks' vegan body of fit. Vegan oh, bodybuilding right and fitness book, yeah, on the back cover, I think. Uh, but anyway, guy, uh, a coach, executive coach who I've worked with in the past. So, anyway, welcome, Robbie. Um, what else, Doug? Any more about our trip before we move on to what is surely you the know, most exciting topic? I was I was talking to a, a, one of the guys that I run with in the morning um, before the trip. We were talking about you know going away of travel and how you always come back feeling kind of unhealthy and mm-hmm. uh, having not worked out as much and, and drank too much or, or eaten too much and that kind of thing. And um, he, we, we started joking about like how, how hard would it actually be to come back from a trip healthier than, than when he left. And I, I wouldn't say I did that, <laughs> but I would say what I was really proud of was that both days that we were there, uh, both of the full days we were in Mexico, we did, we did group yoga, we did multiple saunas, we did. Uh, we went on. Uh, went on a run both days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ate lots of ate, over ate, but lots of good healthy food. Um, walked around everywhere. I don't know. I feel like it was a pretty healthy uh, vacation. It kind of encapsulated in what Nomad Athletes all about. Yeah, I think uh, for me, if we ha- if not for drinking, if alcohol didn't exist, then uh, I would say that, I would <laughs> say that was a healthy trip, and I was good. Not certainly not everybody. Many of people 
didn't drink at all, uh, which is fine. Uh, but I certainly had my share of drinks uh, two sure. of the nights for sure, and one of them not quite as much. But anyway, did go on a run. You and I went on a run together, Doug. Which uh, that's I don't know right. When the last time, the first run, the yeah, one time. that yeah. happened? I mean, probably some sort of some sort of other team event. Probably like I don't I don't think we. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We don't just call each other up. No, down. but it was fun. Unfortunately, uh, I made a mistake of not wearing socks, and uh, and I wore shoes that were not appropriate for running. But uh, it happened, and we ran, and it, it was actually a nice hilly run because we were at San Miguel. Uh, it was like six thousand feet or something, which even for you, yeah. you mountain people in Black Mountain or Asheville, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's still like for triple, sure. the, triple the height above sea level. Maybe double. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that was a good time and uh, very nice. Good for the team to, to connect. So it was good times. Feels like everybody sort of, uh, I don't know, our, the, you know, the mission, having the shared mission always makes makes it feel special. So I took a lot of that from it, as I did during our last team event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of running, I got a couple shout outs from, uh, from former Nomad Athlete Radio guests. Oh, yeah? That have been doing some cool things recently. You yeah. got shout outs? You have shout outs for them. I have shout outs for okay. them. There were, I, have, I have three shout outs, two running related, uh, but three of our guests have done, uh, former guests have done really cool things in the last uh, oh, I know, couple I weeks. Oh, I know who one is. Who's that? Jeffrey Binney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My wife is a huge Jeffrey Binney fan. Uh, As he, she should be. He's great. He is great. He's really funny. He, I think he's, I remember we had him on as a comedian. Uh, I mean, the, the headline was vegan comedian or something like that. Uh, ultra running mm-hmm. all this, and that was 2015. And he was kind of funny then. It was nice to talk to him. But I feel like he's honed his craft, and he's like he's just like really funny now. So he's, I don't know, he's he's gotten better. He's got the uh, the documentary as well called mm-hmm. Once Is Enough, I think, about his ultra running journey. So that's that's, that's right. a good watch. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Doug. I don't want to steal your thunder here on the on the shout out. Well, so so Jeffrey Benny just completed a race that I would. Uh... Is definitely a bucket list race for me. I would say top ten bucket list race uh-huh. for me, and that is uh, the Trans Rockies Run, which is a six day um, stage race. We cover 120 miles over six days. I think some days are maybe like 13 miles, and others are 25 or 30 or something. I don't know exactly how what the breakdown is, but all in the Rockies, all above 7,000 feet. I think sometimes you get up to like 12,000. Maybe higher. I'm not sure, but uh, just a really, um, a really cool run. And I've always been very, very intrigued by the stage race concept of multiple days. You know, running uh, not not for the entire time, but you know, you run to a certain point and uh, and then stop and sleep and rest and get up and you run again. And uh, it's a cumulative time, you know, for the actual race itself. Um, and I just, I just think it's, I think it's a really cool idea. And um, I'm excited. I was excited to see Jeff Jeffrey do it and uh, and finish. Yeah, I uh, was only indirectly following along because I would be driving or something, and then my wife would would put on Instagram. I don't think "put on Instagram" is the term, but she would pull up Instagram, <laughs> and I would hear Jeffrey Benny talking. I mean, live during his run. I think uh, I don't know if they were lives or if they were just just stories he put up. But uh, so it was on the sixth. I think is the sixth day. Is that right? Is that how many days there are? Yes. So yep. he was saying that he was seemed like he was in serious danger of of not making the cutoff. Uh, like yep. the first first post I saw seemed cheery and happy. Day six, like this has been awesome, and this is not the hardest day. There's a lot of climbing, but it's not that long. And then a couple hours later, it was like I he said I, 
can't believe it. Like here we are five, I've done this for five days. And now on the sixth day that my legs are going to fail and I'm not going to make it. <laughs> uh, so having seen his, his documentary, um, uh, I was worried. I was thinking, man, I, I hope, I hope he makes it. So he, he actually did finish. I never actually went back and, and confirmed that happened, but that's, uh, he did. Yep. He finished. I don't know. I don't know how close he was to the cutoff in the end, but, um, yeah, I, I experienced that through <laughs> through Instagram as well. I was just really excited for him. And uh, I don't know, just a, a fun race. It made me really want to go out there and do it. It motivated me for sure to uh, to try something hard. Yes. And he uh, he does a really good job with his Instagram. He's just very entertaining to uh, to listen to. Slash yeah. Watch. Cool. Good. All right. Good shout out. By the way, if you're joining us, uh, you're welcome. This format, you're welcome to uh, to request to speak and uh, and come up and say something, chime in, give us your, your perspective on whatever we're talking about. And, uh, you know, it'll be recorded. It'll be on Nomad Athlete Radio, but uh, hopefully that's a, that's a positive. All right, Doug, next, uh, next shout-out. Next shout-out, Mike Wardian. Shout-out to go because then I can tweet them and, uh, and tag people in hopes of, oh, of good. the actual Great idea. Oh, you hey, there Jeff. he is. Oh, Jeff he's he here. just joined. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeff. You gotta, uh, we were just giving you huge shout-outs. If you want to uh, join the conversation you here. Have to, it'll, it'll make me a hero in the eyes of my wife, Jeffrey. She's a super fan of yours. She has become <laughs> one only since our last conversation. Like It was no big deal when we talked to you, I don't know, six months ago. Here we go. Jeffrey Binney can now speak. Uh, you, should, oh. you there, Jeffrey? Yeah, it looks like he's still connecting. Okay. Jeff. Hello. Hey, there he is. <laughs> hey. What is going I'm on? on? I am outside a yurt in the middle of nowhere in Colorado. <laughs> I got some weird alert saying I got him a shout out, and now I'm I'm chatting with the two of you. What's up? <laughs> yeah, we're we're new to this we were... too. Uh, and and one of the great things about it, I guess, is that you can tag people as they are mentioned, which I just did. And uh, and here we go. Now now we have some action on this show. We've because this is our second or third one of these, and uh, and they've been fun, but we haven't quite. I, I think had you know the intended purpose hasn't been fulfilled of of uh, big multi way conversation. <laughs> but congrats, Jeffrey. But, That's uh, fantastic that you finished. I was just telling Doug that I I my wife is like I said a super fan, and I was hearing you via her Instagram saying how you thought you might not make the cutoff on the sixth day, and I was I got a little nervous, uh, but uh, very glad to yeah, hear me that it too. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's yes. so sweet. So yeah, tell, it was tell wild. Us about the, yeah, tell us about it. What, so what is Trans Rockies like? Uh, yeah, so Trans Rockies Run is a six-day, 120-mile stage race uh, through the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. It starts near Buena Vista, and by the end of the sixth day, you've ended up in Beaver Creek, which is kind of up near, near Vail. Um, and it was my first stage race. Totally different beast. I... You know what? I honestly, I'm not sure it might not have been easier to just pound out a hundred miles <laughs> straight through. Yeah, and that does not surprise me at all. Having uh, having uh, done you know back to back runs and things like that for training, you know, that second day, that that third day, you know, I I mean that's it's so yeah. hard. It's so hard i cannot even imagine six days at, uh, at i've never altitude. done more than two days of back-to-back yeah. runs and it was it was wild it was so hard <laughs> to get excited <laughs> to get up and run again but you know what something magical kind of happened on the fourth day which I, it seemed to kind of click for a lot of people i don't know you know we it's it's just anecdotal but 
we're all like, I don't know. It feels like our bodies are finally like, all right, I guess you're going to do this. So I'll stop being a jerk about it and just make it easy because <laughs> <laughs> something clicks on the fourth day for a lot of people. So when you get back to the camp every night, is it, uh, is it like, a, like a party where everybody's hanging out and having a good time? Or is everyone just so wiped out that they just want to go to bed and, and uh, prepare for the next day? It's like both. Like you can, you can definitely tell the people who have similar personality types to me because they are so brutally sore and tired, but they also desperately want to stay up and have fun and party. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say it's like a pretty fun, like festival party atmosphere until about eight 30. And then like 97% of people are in their tents asleep. (laughs) I love it. Well, the wildest earliest party I've been to. (laughs) I love it. Well, uh, before we before we let you, go, oh wait, go ahead, Matt. Well, I got I got two quick ones. I know, Jeff. I'm sure you didn't plan on doing an impromptu interview right now, so we'll, we'll be quick. But uh, I'm I'm wondering, uh, first of all, how close were you actually to not to not finishing? Because I was, like I said, I was terrified. I, I after watching the documentary, uh, once is enough. I was I was worried. I was thinking it's going to happen again, and and I just couldn't handle that. So, how close did you actually get? Um. So I. Uh... <laughs> How many people are listening? Um, <laughs> well, we're gonna we'll put it out on the other radio. So this a lot of people will hear it, but right now they don't. And now I think it like sums up perfectly like the spirit of the Trans Rockies run. I actually missed one of the cutoffs by technically by three minutes, and the Trans Rockies run is so. Um, it is the like best recommendation I could give somebody who is new to ultra running, who wants to do something like this, but is really worried about missing cutoff times because most days there aren't cutoff times. And if there are cutoff times, a lot of them are pretty lenient, like as much as like averaging 27 minutes per mile. So it's so accessible for like bigger, slower runners. There, there are people who hiked the whole thing. Um, And the days that they do have cutoffs, um, it's just about logistics and getting people, you know, moved and getting equipment moved and stuff. Um, So even the cutoffs that they do have, they're really reasonable and relaxed about them. In general, it's the most inclusive, diverse. I have never seen a more diverse group of people at the starting line every day. Um, it's, It's like the... I don't know. It's like the height of the trail running community. Uh, if someone were to ask me, Oh, I don't get it. Like what's, what, what do you mean trail running community? How's it different from other, other, you know, outdoor sports and things go to the trans Rockies run. That is the trail running community. I like it. And I think I've summed up perfectly by, by the fact that they don't actually enforce the cutoffs if it's like within reason. Uh, because that's that's the whole that's the spirit of it, right? I mean, no, no one wants to say you have to leave the course because you. Yeah, aren't. I mean, there was I think it was day four. Um, the cutoff time, I think, was technically nine hours, um, but this older um, triathlete was like, "Can I just finish it? Like, can I just finish it?" And they were like, "Okay." Um, so finished it almost at eleven hours, and um, you know, at this point, everyone in camp people had started eating in the food tent. I mean, there's tons of people. We're talking like 350 entrants. Um, People were eating, people were getting massages, people were in their tents, uh, and they came over the loudspeaker and announced that uh, she was, was finally arriving. And people dropped their forks, left the food tent to go to the finish line. People paused their massages. People got out of their tents. And like all 350 people uh, 
went to the finish line <laughs> to cheer her on. It's just that like, it's, so just, cool. it's so magical for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Last question, Jeffrey, then I promise I'll let you go. When you said, so I've always harbored this secret, uh, this secret, I wouldn't say dream because I don't actually want to do it, but this desire to like <laughs> run across the country. Oh uh, yeah, do it. The problem is that I don't actually like running very much, so that so it's not a great fit. <laughs> but uh, but when you said the thing about like that after a certain number of days, your body just sort of kind of gives up trying to uh, trying to fight back and just sort of says, "Okay, I guess you're gonna do this," and then it just then it just lets you go. That always mm-hmm. seemed like the, that's the attractive part of it to me, like to get to that phase where you're just you're just so in it and you're just used to it, and there's no question that you're running another marathon or whatever today. Uh, and, and and maybe at some point, if you if, especially if you're kind of going about it at a slow, reasonable pace, maybe you can actually gain fitness along the way, and and you know it gets it gets prettier as you go. Uh, so anyway, I'm just I'm curious: is there a, is there any run across the country documentary in our future? Uh oh, I think I'm losing uh, you. Yeah, we're, you're breaking up, man. But I think the question was: is there a uh, is there a run across the country documentary in your future? <laughs> well there wasn't but now that you mention it right, um, wonderful. <laughs> no there isn't i don't know what's next i'm working on figuring that out um but uh we'll see that that hadn't crossed my mind but now it has <laughs> perfect good your husband can follow along in your new airstream and uh and <laughs> yeah it'll be, be perfect Totally. Well, no, geez, we, guys, this was fun. This was a fun, fun surprise. Good surprise. We're, we're big Jeff, Jeffrey, Jeffrey fans over here. And we have oh, my God, stop. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> real treat for you to jump in like that. <laughs> wow, that was a pleasure. <laughs> All right, cool. On to the next shout-out, Doug. Who was it? Uh, Matt, you are, you are having some mic issues for sure. You're super fuzzy and, uh, and breaking up a bit. Um, all right, so next shout out. It actually segues segues perfectly because uh, we we're talking about um, running across America, and that is Mike Wardian ran across America just recently. He just finished up. I think it was a few weeks ago, but he finished his goal um, was San Francisco to his hometown in Delaware, and uh, it was uh, fifty miles a day. I think he was just real consistent. Fifty miles a day it took him sixty one days. And uh, and he did it. He pulled it off. He raised hundred thousand dollars for charity. And um, I think my favorite Mike Wardian story about that, because I followed him along with him uh, on social media as well, was that he's a big pickleball player in his, in his free time when he's not running, I guess, or oh, working. Yeah? And um, and he uh, <laughs> at least once, and this was like late in the late in the in the run, like day fifty or something. You know, when you would be physically totally beat up and exhausted. He, he saw he was running by some people playing pickleball. He just stopped and joined in the game and like <laughs> took an hour break to play some pickleball in the middle of his, his daily 50-mile run. And I just thought that was like quintessential Mike Wardian. So big shout out to him for, uh, for making it across, across the state. That is awesome. Is my, is my mic working better yet? Am I still yeah, I think, I think you're good. Okay. Yep, no, I think good. you're good. Um, that's funny. I, I didn't know anyone like – was a big pickle, pickleball player, unless you were much older, which is uh, no knocking it. I think it's cool. It's awesome. I, I love seeing people play it. Uh, uh-huh. And I, I have fun playing it too. I just didn't know anyone was like that into oh, it. Oh, have That's, you played? Yeah, it's great. Have you? No, I never have, but I always want to. There, people, you know, we have the tennis courts that so they convert into pickleball courts, and there is a, a loyal pickleball community here. Um, I see them play all the time, but they're definitely older, and, uh, and I'm, I've, never, I've never joined in. Yeah, it's it's really a lot of fun. It's like uh, you know how tennis is like exhausting. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, it really, it's, it's one of the hardest sports to jump in and start doing, uh, aside from the skill you need to have. Uh, pickleball's like that, but it's just not that tiring. It's just the night, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of a mix between ping pong, as you know, ping pong and tennis. And uh, you you move about, I'd say, an average between the amount you do in ping pong and tennis. And uh, it's, as a result, kind of enjoyable. You can pick it up and just start. And, and like, I don't know, the paddles are kind of forgiving and it's good, good sport. Never tried it before. So anyway. Yeah. Um, so you said like 50 miles a day. That's that's not too far from the record pace, right? I mean, there isn't. I don't think the it, record's more than about 60 a day. It was. It ended up being, I think, like 10 days off the record pace. But um, but he wasn't okay. ever going for the record. Uh-huh. Uh, it wasn't about that. Um, uh, but I think it was, you know, s- substantially. I mean, very fast and very incredibly impressive. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but but not not anywhere close to the record. Very cool. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, that has always been one of those things where it just seems like it'd be such a cool thing to one day do, like Badwater, also mm-hmm. on my list. Uh, I doubt I will ever seriously consider it, but uh, I don't know. It just has a, has a certain something about it that seems seems romantic and cool and just, I don't know, right? see the whole country on foot would be amazing. Yep. All um, right, what's, your, what's the final shout-out? All right, final shout-out. Uh, this one I know you're going to be real excited about. Um my my uh, my disc golf crush, Eagle McMahon, vegan athlete, uh, <laughs> just won the European Open uh, a couple weeks ago. And he, uh, you know, if you follow the professional disc golf, which I know everyone here listening does, um, it was a big it was a big event. This was the biggest gallery in the history of the sport, which is kind of fun. And uh, he was coming off of a weeks long break from the tour uh, because of a, an injury, a shoulder injury, um, and, uh, and came back, and his first tournament back won, won big. It was, it, was, it was fun to watch. Wow, that's amazing. I'm, uh, I'm trying to tag people that we are shouting out, and it worked for Jeff Benny. He joined us. Uh, Eagle McMahon does not appear to have Twitter. Maybe he's a little too young for Twitter. <laughs> he seems like a, like a young, young guy. He is a young guy. He might okay. be. Uh, maybe right. Twitter probably, might not be hip enough. He's probably on TikTok or uh, or Snapchat. Male Snapchat eagle. Sell the Snapchat is your good to. Uh... <laughs> I, I don't know any others besides that. And TikTok feels like it's not edgy anymore. It's not not a, not a funny. It's just whatever. So go Snapchat. Uh, I didn't know that disc golf had had European tournaments and and majors and things. I thought it was confined to Asheville area and people just <laughs> <laughs> no definitely not confined to Asheville area uh but yeah no it's it's they have it's a they have global uh majors and um that's cool I, yeah yeah and I, you know I think that the European Open is is the biggest one uh but they have uh, uh what do you call it? the Pre- a president's cup uh-huh. um and uh and uh, several other events over in Europe and they just kind of finished that that part of the tour up and now they're back in the states and u.s and, open worlds and all that stuff is coming up wow and so eagle man is he's plant-based right yeah mm-hmm. and he was on the pod cool. uh he was on the podcast yeah i don't know maybe like a year ago something mm-hmm. like that cool do they treat it like i hate i don't, I don't mean the bastard sport because i i know i'm probably gonna come off as sounding like i'm dissing it uh but when they ha- like when I just it's just such a contrast to me from ball golf as as you call it, uh, <laughs> like it just it has always seemed like this like stuffy sport. You can imagine watching a European a President's Cup, but I mean just like those those kind of names fit the fit the proper attitude of of 
you know, and the TV broadcast, they feel that way. It's not, it's not people joking around having a good time. It's, it's a serious thing. Yeah. Is that, is, is disc golf like that? Or is it much more laid back and people just like drinking beer the whole time and, you know. Well, whatever. I think, it, I think it's, I think it's the exact same as ball golf in, in that way. And that like, you know, if you and I were to go play a round of, of traditional golf, Mm-hmm. I am sure that we would have some beers and we would joke around and we would take a few mulligans and we would hack at it and we would uh, laugh and, and have a good time. Uh, uh-huh. But the, but the professionals are taking it very seriously and uh, you know, and training and all that kind of stuff. So there's people, I think there's people on both sides. Like if you go to uh, a disc golf course in Nashville on a Saturday afternoon, there's uh, almost certainly going to be uh, um, someone who has enjoyed a, a beverage or two beforehand and, uh, and, <laughs> and just kind yeah. of throwing it around and maybe don't finish the round. Um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but then there's the, the other side of people that are taking it, that take it real seriously. And I think that's what, like, you know, that's how any good sport. Uh, yeah. Any I, good... I think probably I, like, you know, how ESPN now airs uh, cornhole. Things yeah, like that. Right. And I, I heard they even have, they had air hockey now recently on what oh, I know like the air hockey championships. Oh my god! <laughs> well, hold on. Let, before I mean, what the, these aren't fundamentally different from from disc golf as a, as a <laughs> they, they derivative. Are. No, it's a derivative sure sport are. of the original. It's just air hockey. Just is puck hockey or uh, well, no, yeah. I guess we call the other one puck hockey, ice hockey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so I'm just saying we shouldn't laugh at any of these sports. But I somehow yeah. when I imagine a cornhole, high level competitive cornhole, I still imagine that they're drinking beers during it, which they're probably actually not. But I would imagine the atmosphere is just a little more jovial. Mm, mm. Whereas golf, it's never, it's probably never going to be that way. It's always going to be serious because it's sort of rooted in tradition and all that. Right. Um, I'm guessing disc golf, even at that highest level, is not quite as stuffy as golf. You know. Serious. Yeah, that, that's that's probably true. And you know, and, and which is a good part thing. of it is I, like, I, uh, you know, there's not as much money in it and that kind of stuff. You know, while while the prize purses are definitely a lot bigger now, they, uh, um, you know, there's it's like. You're not going to a to a resort that uh, people have to pay, you know, a quarter million dollars a year just to be a member of. Um, yeah, so it's just it's a little different in the yeah in that in that way. Makes but sense. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, if people people definitely take it seriously, and it's uh, it's fun to fun to watch if you're into that kind of thing. All right, good. We're uh, we're approaching our hour mark here, Doug. Maybe we can go a little bit longer. But uh, do you have uh, anything else to? share with the nice people or should we just continue? No, I think this is, this is all I got. Uh, I would call this one a huge success and that one of our shout outs actually joined in on the conversation. So. Yeah. Jeff Benny has no idea how, how much he <laughs> yeah. made this whole show a success. May keep this whole idea going uh, yeah. by his, by his willingness to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we dug, I meant to, I mean, we can't, I guess we've already talked about vegan meat. I feel like we have to talk about vegan meats. I saw an article, um, and I'm not going to go into it. It was uh, it was from the Sporting News. It was which of these three popular plant based meats best suit your dietary needs? Um, you know, and I, I honestly think they just maybe people these companies paid them. I don't know to be part of the ad or part of the story. Um, <laughs> but you know, have you ever heard of Omni Foods? No. It's no. they they make all plant based seafood. I think that's their yeah. deal, or no, or maybe Omni Seafood series is like their. I think that's what has put them on the map. These, this is just my very, very quick uh, impression. But, uh, but yeah, they have like, uh, they have like fish stick kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I thought they had shrimp, but I could be wrong with that. Anyway, uh, I don't know. It just seemed, seemed interesting to me that there is, uh, that there is, um, 
plant-based fish now because and, and they're enriching it with epa and dha which is yeah. the stuff that's in real fish which is you know one of the things that is not that easy to get on a plant-based diet mm-hmm. uh so you instead of turn to algae supplements like we like we put in complement um but anyway i just thought it was pretty cool if they're if they're sort of making making fish like yeah. fish with the same nutrition i have i've heard about or I've, maybe i've seen like you can get plant-based crab and stuff like that i've mm-hmm. never tried any of that stuff I don't, have you have you done any of that i have had some of it i had a. Uh, I had, when I was in Spain, I had plant-based calamari and it was made from a root, a name of, I'm never going to pull this. It was like sort of a sweet, sweet potato-like kind of root, I believe. And it was like the starchy something that they, you know, <laughs> get out of it. Um, I wish I had, it's like also like an appetite suppressant or something. So it was a little bit kind of iffy as far as, you know, it's like it has been used in these other ways, but it was remarkably, the, the texture was just perfect. Uh, huh. And then, and then the, you know, whether the flavor came from whatever they might've done to make it taste the way i don't remember what it was um it's funny to me that like when when people whenever i mention plant-based fish oh and i also had plant-based shrimp which was not very good uh from we have this uh an asian restaurant here in charlotte that is all vegan and they they do a bunch of stuff like that uh that one really was not good but when i mention plant-based seafood to people they think it seems terrible uh like it just seems disgusting to them Mm -hmm. but i don't really understand why because it's like seafood is and this is not me being like a vegan who says meat is terrible, even when they actually don't think that, uh, but they're just trying to make it you know, justified to it. Uh, like seafood just always has that sort of, a lot of people don't like seafood, right? It just has this fishy essence to it that is easy to not like. So like if something is already kind of gross, and, at least at its worst, but certainly when we make a version of it, we're not going to try to make it gross, right? Like we're not going to make it that way. So like we don't have to copy the part of it that is, that is off-putting. And mm-hmm. therefore, it might be might turn out to be pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Like all you have to do is nail the texture and then flavor it with old bay seasoning or whatever will sort of remind you of seafood. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think by its very nature, we have to assume plant based seafood is going to be gross. Very interesting. Way. Very interesting argument. Uh, and <laughs> and you know, I, I guess I kind of agree with you. For some reason, it is way less attractive to me than like a, a plant based burger or something. Um, but uh probably because regular seafood is less attractive than you than regular burger right yeah yeah i guess so i think that's I mean, what people yeah you you think of cheap you think of like bad seafood right you think of a bad burger and you're like eh, it's still a burger when you think of bad seafood and you're like oh it's disgusting <laughs> we're not gonna make the plant based kind like that. <laughs> all right i'm sold they also I think, have you, I think you can get it like whole foods and stuff you as a dc native not really native but dc resident probably appreciate a good crab cake you know my claim to fame before i went vegetarian was uh i won the baltimore crab cake eating competition maybe not have been the baltimore it, it was in baltimore but i forget what it, i forget what it was called some like crab cake festival does they he had, have many was, you could eat yeah yeah it was how many you could eat and Five minutes or four minutes or something. That's a, that's a serious claim to fame, Doug. I can't believe you never put that out there before. <laughs> it's not really something I like to off brag brand. about now. Yeah, yeah a, little off, a, little, a little off brand. But, uh, but it happens. Well, There's photos. Well, I grew up in uh, Maryland, and every summer, you know, you ate crabs. It was what you did. The crab feast was was the you know best day of the year to go do that. And once you once I was old, old enough to drink beer during it, um, just a good kind of social time. So, if there were if there were good plant based crab, 
that would be cool. It would, it would at least be a good nostalgia play. It's not like not like it's going to replicate the the crap these you know where you sit there and pick the crabs with friends and all that. Um, but to, you know, I don't want it to. That's not it doesn't seem that good. Anymore. I don't want to pick apart crabs. Uh, so if if you can get a crab cake taste and it's any good, that would be wonderful. So I will be on the lookout for Omni Crab Cake. Uh, but we should mention Abbott's Butcher, who sent us some free stuff. Yes. This podcast. I don't know if they were fans of the podcast or if they just were Googling, you know, vegan podcasts to try to promote their no, stuff. No, they were it. fans. They wrote us a nice note about how they have been listening for years. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, and they, they like they knew that we that we, you know, kind of jokingly, ironically, but then it became very serious uh, discussion of plant based meats in almost every episode. Uh, so they sent us some mm-hmm. some free stuff, and you know what I made with their I did their I did their recipe for it's like plant based chicken. As far as I don't know if the company does more than that, but they do plant based chicken. Um, I'm trying to Google it now so I can figure out what it's made from because I kind of forget. But um, they gave us like a they sent us I mean they sent I don't know what you got Doug, but we got a little care package with sun dried tomatoes and a little wooden spatula, which is beautiful, and I still use that, uh, and a thing of semolina <laughs> pasta. <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? Oh, I just got some coupons. <laughs> you only have coupons? Oh man! What? Okay. Yeah, they, 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 it was it, you know it's for a free product or something. But you have to go to the store, and unfortunately, I can't get it at a store nearby. So I haven't tried it okay. yet. Okay. Well, we need the habits to send you a, a care package like I got. I got a, all the ingredients you need to make this oh, little man. like pesto You're chicken pasta jealous. dish. Wow. So. I, I doubt that's Abbott's funny. listening to this at this moment. Maybe they'll hear the recording. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, that stuff, I, you know, that, that dish was okay. It was decent. It wasn't, wasn't great. It was fine. But then I later, like, sauteed the, the plant-based chicken that they gave. I sauteed that in just, you know, a little bit of oil or something. And I put that on a salad with a little bit of Frank's Red Hot sauce and kind of made a buffalo. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was so good. It was, like, the best vegan salad I've had in ages. Uh, so I was, I, I would totally get more of that if, if it was available nearby. I guess maybe we can, maybe we can order it. I don't know. But anyway, wanted to shout it out. Figured you'd be able to offer some counterpoint, but apparently, uh. Unfortunately not. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, <clears throat> well, good. Well, you know, always the plant-based meat podcast is, uh, is in full swing right now. We should rebrand and just be that. No, I, <laughs> No, I'm just only real, as we're clicking through the headlines that I that I didn't talk about today. I completely skipped over the one that's vegan question mark weightlifting may protect your bones. So that would have actually been a nice on top <laughs> thing, vegan fitness. Uh-huh. But uh, but I don't know. There was vegan fish to talk about, so I just just moved on <laughs> to that. Uh, uh, maybe perhaps we next, that time. next time. Yeah. Yes, perhaps next time. It was a good it was a good outcome of a, of a study that you know. Well, I, I won't spoil it. I'll save it. All right. Well, our experiment continues. Uh, thank you to all who showed up. Thank you to all who came on live, especially Jeffrey Binney, who's the only one who came on live. Um, but that was fun. I enjoyed that. And I think, you know, Doug, I'm, I'm recognizing that this show, the way this is going to work well, is is a different a different style of presentation and, and spontaneity uh, where you need to, you know, be open to being joined by whoever, whomever. And... We can we can send these out on Nomad Athlete Radio. I don't think these are going to replace Nomad Athlete Radio episodes. That's my that's my hunch, and I think. Yeah. Uh, but I think these are going to. I think I think there's a lot of hope here. I agree. I agree. I'm excited to to see it continue. Um, and thanks everybody for who who did join in to listen live. And, yes, uh, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Yeah. 
All right. All right. We will see you next time. Sounds good.